Hello and welcome to another episode of Hot Takes, the storage room podcast where we see new movies. The newest movies, the hottest movies, filled with the sexiest people. Because why watch a movie that doesn't get you off? Huh. That was a rhetorical question. Don't answer that. Um, don't answer that question while you're driving. Listen to this podcast. My name's Robbie Anderson. I'm... I'm Mr. Funny Man. I'm Mr. Funny Big Guy. Mr. Funny Guy who likes movies. Piece of shit. That's me. Ha! I think I know everything about them. And I don't. Okay? <laughs> you should get a business Stop. card and put that on the business card and hand it out to people. I don't know everything about movies. <laughs> I know some things. It's like a it's like a whole piece of paper business card. M- Mr. Funny Guy. Doesn't know everything about movies. Piece of shit. No. Piece of shit. (laughs) Piece of shit's the (laughs) The biggest. You get the card. You get the card and you're like, are you a piece of shit? I'm like, there's more. There's more. There's more. Turn around. Read, read. Check it out. Fine print. Uh, It's it's right there. The other voice you hear uh, riffing with me is uh, Bernadette Gorman-White. How are you, Bern? Good. Very good. It's cooler today. So it's nicer today, I feel. Do you think it's it's not just like summer's Stockholm syndrome, like uh, having its way with us? Hard to say. It did rain last night, and so my yeah. brain is like, it's cooler today, but who knows? It must be. It must. I feel be. like it's just a different brand of hot. Like it's yeah. sweaty. Like it's just it's just. I feel like I'm in a dog's mouth right now. Yes. Apparently they're very clean, but I don't feel clean. Yeah. Well, the temperature's probably not great. No. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel clean. I feel sticky. All summer long. Um, all summer long. Summer stick. Yeah, we're in a we're in a heat wave at the time of recording. It's been spicy outside, which is a perfect time for hot takes. Yeah. Because uh, they're hot. So hot. Just adds to uh, it. It just adds to it. You know what else is hot? Story Screen Podcast. Because we're not the only one. StoryScreenBeacon.com is a host of many podcasts, articles, and reviews. So when you're done with this, head over there. But before you do that... Listen to us talk about a little movie from a little director slash writer slash comedian. Doesn't do it as much anymore. Slash but producer. a man that's been with slash producer. He's done. He's doing a lot of that. Uh, a man that's been with Story Screen kind of since we started doing podcasts. One of our first two episodes was about his uh, first movie and his transition from fun man to Atua. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we're here to talk about nope. Nope. By Jordan Peele. Nope. Nope. Podcast's over. Nope. 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 That's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're here to talk about Nope. Jordan Peele's third film. Um, exciting for us, Bernadette. You were on the Us episode, right? Yes, I, I was. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I did the Get Out, and and I did the Us, and now I'm here doing the, the Nope. And uh, yeah, so we're here to... To jump right in, Burn, what's your what's your hot take on Nope? Uh, it's funny because I've been telling people about this movie and it being at the theater in Beacon, New York, and people instantly ask, like, well, where does it rank for you? I feel like not very often I get people asking me, like, well, where does it rank? But people are just, like, really interested. And I will say, my hot take, I like this better than us. Damn. But I think... Get Out still tops it. I think Get Out is more simple of a story in many ways. And I think uh, because of that, it doesn't have 
doesn't fall into like maybe some pitfalls that we'll get into with Nope. But mm-hmm. Nope had me like by the balls up until like <laughs> the third act, pretty much. Like I was like, this movie's great. This movie's like my favorite movie of the but year. But your balls were let go of at one point. They were let go of, which is kind of a bummer. But I still it is a bummer. Really, really enjoyed the movie. And mm-hmm. um I think it was so funny. Like way funnier yeah. than I thought it was going to be. But yeah, yeah, I, liked I it. agree, Burn. Uh yeah, I have very I have similar opinions. Um I think my ball my balls getting grabbed, I think happened uh like my balls are getting grabbed towards the end of like the first act and they were they were held in the hands of the grabber for the remainder of the movie. But Great. it took me a while to get grabbed, you know? But uh I agree with you in your ranking. Um I think that this movie is better than us. I don't think it's as good as Get Out. And kind of for the same reasons, you know, I think Get Out is, it's so pure. Right. It's so simple. It's so, like, laser-focused. And it's, like, uh, it's symbolism and it's theory and it's, like, thesis. But um, we've also had years with Get Out. So we've had True. years to really appreciate it. So I think sometimes, I think movies like this, they, they, they when they marinate, you kind of understand, like, their full effects in, like, the, the cultural zeitgeist. And I think Us was a movie that if you listen to our hot take on it, I think we were all really hot on it. Mm-hmm. But I think time has kind of soured on us a little bit. I think time has made us kind of be like, it, it was a bit more style over substance, you know? I think when you put us under a microscope, it doesn't hold up as much. But I do think it's like a really good time. For sure. And and asks interesting questions and it's, you know, a fun movie to theorize on. It makes for good podcasting. Um, but yeah, I think Nope, I think Nope slaps. I think it took me a while to get into it, but then once I was in, I was, I was super into it. And, uh, I think the thing that I really, the broad strokes thing that I really liked most about it is that it's lightly a horror movie. Lightly. And I like that because it's, it's very exciting to see Jordan Peele kind of break out like you know he's been he was pigeonholed into comedy for so long and then he kind of immediately started getting pushed into horror (laughs) you know the minute he started doing the new thing he's like the horror guy Mm -hmm. so it was cool to kind of see him make a movie that is a bit genre defining but you know fits almost more in like steven spielberg's like alien repertoire and like other films of that that elk that's what a lot of people are saying online and i and i'm i tend to agree but yeah i really thought nope uh smacked it was good yeah, definitely. I I really enjoyed it overall. I can understand what people are saying with the Steven Spielberg stuff, for sure. And mm-hmm. I will say that it has one of the best trailers that I've seen in a while. And I say that True. afterwards, after watching the film. Because the trailer, what you think is going on in the film, is not what's going on in the film. Which is they don't give really you shit cool. in that trailer. It, they even give you nothing. It really doesn't. And also, it makes you think it's something else. And we'll yeah. get into that in spoiler territory for sure. Like, what I thought we were going to be getting uh, going into this movie. I, I just think it's great and it's super smart. Good for that guy. Yeah. I I desperately don't want to spoil this movie. Because yes. it, it is so, like... It's about the ride. It's so good going, I think, into this movie not knowing much, like... What the trailer gave me, like, you know, gave us, it, it's it's there. What you think is there, I think is there a little bit. Yeah. But then it does really defy your expectations. Um, 
And I'm curious to talk about like the subtext and maybe the meaning of some of these things. So before we get into spoilers and we can do now broad strokes, what do you, um, how do you feel about like the performances in this movie? Who really stood out to you? Who really surprised you in their performance? Uh, Daniel Kaluuya, of course, is amazing in this film. I think his acting choices in this are really like restrained and held back. And I think that's great. I think he did such a good job and it's such a new character for him to play. And so I really Mm -hmm. enjoyed watching him. Um, And Kiki Palmer, of course, is a joy because she's just hilarious. And I, my siblings watched a ton of Key and Peele. They've probably seen every episode. And I've only seen skits here and there. But apparently Kiki Palmer, you know, had been on Key and Peele. I don't know, probably multiple times. And she had been kind of just like waiting to work with Jordan Peele again. And she even Mm -hmm. like DM'd him once on Instagram. Like, yo dog, I'd love to like be in one of your, one of your films again at some point in the future. And I guess Jordan Peele doesn't really look at those or like, I don't know, got lost in translation. (laughs) And, uh, he ended Probably up. Probably need an agent to really set that up realistically. <laughs> I mean, they're buds, but, but yeah, it's like yeah, everyone's true. sliding into those DMs. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it's funny because she got this role, and then I think she brought something up about the DMs, and Jordan was like, "Oh yeah, look, here it is. I never saw this." <laughs> and she was like, "Well, it all worked out. <laughs> We're working together again." And she was great. I think she was. I, I was worried about her from the, when you see the trailer. That I was just like, oh, is her performance going to be like grating or maybe too intense? And I think that like by design, it comes in hot, and then you it, it really you know uh, yeah unfolds in a way where you're you're rooting for her you know completely by the end of the movie. Yeah, for sure. And of course, Stephen Young is killing it. Um, he's great. We love to see him in anything. Um, yeah, please, everything, anything. Just everything. He's the sweetest boy. The sweetest boy. He's on an episode of um, Cohen O'Brien Needs a Friend. I think it's the most recent episode, and oh. it is very good. And he talks a bit about Nope, so if anyone wants a, another podcast to listen to with some you in action, it's there. I will listen to that. Yes. Oh, that's great. Um, and then there's another actor in this movie that I didn't know was going to be in this movie, and that was great. And we'll talk about that later. Interesting. Um, I don't want to spoil who it is, but... Cause I'm not sure. Cause there's like two, there's two, I guess there is one person that's definitely in the trailer. And for me, he's like the, um, the surprise of the movie, which is, uh, Brandon Piera's Angel Torres. Uh, he is so much fun. Gets a little, I think forgotten by the end of the flick. Yeah. Um, but he has his moment. He has his like big moment in the movie and it works. Um, and yeah, I think the remaining performance, I, I think we're on the same page as, I think so. Also very good. There's a lot of like, uh, you know, the, the movie in many ways is about like Hollywood and I hope that's not giving away too much. And they have a lot of fun kind of playing with, I think, the tropes you would find in uh, Hollywood culture. Right. Yeah, definitely. Especially yeah. in the, the confines of like the horror genre. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, I think this movie is like, it might be like, one of the most, like, cinematically interesting movies I've seen in a long time. Like, a lot of pop of color. It deals with this kind of, like, you know, Wild West aesthetic at times, this horse ranch aesthetic, and then the way that it, like, you know, handles its uh, supernatural approaches, I think is, like, simply genius. Yes. You know? 
Like the way it handles like these elements, I think is is at times stunning. There's a shot I cannot wait to talk about in the movie. I'm so excited. But Burn, yeah, what what are some of your uh, takeaways on just like the look, vibe, music, kind of the texture of the movie? Yeah, the set design is super cool. Their family ranch, that massive old country house, is beautiful. Um, and it's crazy that the majority of the movie really does take place on that property. Um, yeah. There aren't a lot of different locations in this movie, which I really, really like. Um, Jupiter's claim is so cool. Um, I'm from the mm-hmm. Midwest, and there are plenty of places like Jupiter's Claim, kind of like peppered all along the Midwest, uh, just like little sideshow, you know, yeah. uh, attractions that are, you know, kind of out of time and place. And it definitely took me there to like that type of uh, money pit, you know, where people are just kind of exploiting people's need for nostalgia or need to step back in time. And yeah, I thought... Jupiter's claim was super cool. And yeah, like the fun juxtaposition of like Fry's electronics and like seeing like, oh, no, this like takes place in current day, but you're kind of out of time and place for the majority of the movie, which is really cool. It's kind of disorienting. And I think on purpose. So, yeah, it's nice. Yeah, those two elements kind of like great against one, one, like against one another. And you have kind of um, a, a film that's like very concerned with like. Uh, the past especially the past of like cinema cinema's roots where you know the moving picture kind of originates and at times is also using modern technology to to talk about like with the modern version of like these kind of like you know so much of what movies were at, when they started was it was a science experiment you know it's just like can we can we make can we make a video can we do this and you know what you know what video was but can we make a series of like moving pictures to make motion like is that a thing we can do and this movie i think is about many things but one of the things is about kind of like the continued legacy of the of the of the visual experiment yeah you know yeah that's i think that's that's cool good way to put that definitely thank you oh well, thank you very much yeah um i think the score is cool i I, th- I feel like i would have to watch it again to have it stand out but i do think the the thing that jordan peele continues to do best is that the needle drops in his movies uh always slay and they uh they continue to slay yeah especially some of the ones we'll get into later on it only kind of strengthens the thing and the place that it put me in from the very beginning of the film i was like oh i like these references a lot Mm -hmm. and then some of the needle needle drops i'm like oh i've never even thought about this song in this way and it's just fun yeah. how Jordan Peele's mind works, that he can make these connections to strengthen this film, for sure. That's his, like, thing, I feel like, though, too. Like, all of his trailers always have kind of, like, a popular rap song that's, like, mutated to being spooky. And it's just like, how does he do that, man? How does he do it? Did you watch the um, Wakanda Forever trailer that just came out? I did not. Okay, so the Wakanda Forever trailer actually slaps i you know that movie i'm like how the fucking how are they gonna make this fucking movie like what's going on here you know you got you got chadwick boseman he's rested in peace you got um the girl what's the name of the girl who plays his sister again oh her name in the movie or her actress name it's shuri in the movie yeah. but her actress name shoot 
I forget her name. I'm gonna look it up. I ha- it's like in my head. Yeah. It- I ain't gonna talk. I ain't gonna talk smack until I. <laughs> I don't know who she is. You gotta know a name. Um, you gotta know a name. I gotta know a name. Listen, I'm not. I'm not a dick like that. You know? <laughs> not yet. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. That's final form. Uh, piece of shit. Robbie Anderson. Piece of Robbie Anderson. Piece of shit. Is she not like in the movie? Oh, I got. I got. I got. I got. Latita Wright. Uh, yeah. Latita Wright. Latita Wright. A lot of yeah. drama does not want to get vaccinated. She's like, get that fucking thing away from me. Uh-huh. I don't want to get vaccinated. You fucking stop. So a lot of drama around this movie. What is this thing going to be? The trailer fucking hits. But it, it reminds me of, of Nope because it starts with a uh, uh, woman no cry. Oh, yeah. Woman no cry. And then it like I transitions into a Kendrick song. Um, All right. Off uh, to Pepper Butterfly. And it is cool. Ryan Coogler, you know, seems to be best friends with Kendrick Lamar. I'd love to hang out with them. See what see what that's like. I don't think I could keep up, but it'd be, it'd be cool. But uh, yeah, that trailer also... Uh, and I think Ryan Coogler also like really knows how to do a needle drop in his movies, you know. Big time, big time. Yeah. yeah. Um, Burn. I'm. I think I'm gonna cut spoiler free a little early because I really want to talk about the movie. Uh, I recommend seeing it. De- right. Definitely. Yeah. Do you recommend seeing it. What do you think are things that are are. Maybe we should, I'll save it for spoilers because I feel like this movie is a bit divisive, and I'm I'm surprised. Oh, interesting. And uh, yeah, I think most people like it, but I have seen some people be like, "Nah." Some weird takes. Some weird takes. Yeah. So it feels, uh, you know, some sometimes takes come in so hot they're a little burnt. You know. Yeah, a little singe. You got to scrape off that little, that. Yeah, scrape toast. off the. Yeah. Yeah. Get rid of it. It's, it's still perfectly bagel good under toast. there. Yeah. <laughs> it's perfectly good toast. It's, it's good fine. Bread. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, please go see Nope. It's really cool. If you're into Jordan Peele movies, this is another one. And, uh, you might be a little surprised if you're going and expecting a capital H horror movie. I would say it's not that. No. It's definitely more of a sci-fi with horror elements. And I think it's to, to great effect. Absolutely. And I would even say, uh, Western. It's like Western horror sure. sci-fi. Yeah. I, I co-signed that. For sure. All right, so we'll be uh, right back with spoilers for... Nope. All right, we're back with spoilies for Nope. We're going to talk about who dies. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, sorry. You know, I had to get... I, I, gotta, I, I don't want to pussyfoot around this movie too long. I no, want to talk about because there's a lot to talk about. I want to talk about what's going on. There is a lot to talk about. There's a lot, to, there's a lot going on, and I didn't want to spoil it. So now we're here in the spoiler-free zone. The big question on everyone's mind. The big thing on my mind is Gordy. Oh my gosh. What's the deal with Gordy? What's the deal with his subplot in this movie? What do you think? So yeah, I I do think it's set up in a weird way. So the film itself, listeners, if you're listening to this before seeing the movie, obviously we're going to tell you what happens. So the the whole part is that we see a, like a sitcom from the past. And it's called Gordy's Home. And there's a series of chimpanzees who are playing this character named Gordy. And we see this horrific scene at the start of the movie where Gordy has kind of gone crazy and has like brutally beaten people on the stage, murdered on the stage, actors, what have you. And little baby Ricky Jupe uh, from Jupiter's Claim that we meet later, Stephen Young's younger character, he's a 
young like kid actor and he witnesses a good double a good casting as well very good casting i was like like, that kid looks like him that's good very good and we kind of get like gordy's story peppered in throughout the film like we don't know everything at first we start to kind of learn about the massacre and then later on we get one of like the chapters of the film gordy um Mm. so we see it in snippets but meanwhile, we're also seeing stories about the ranch's horses. So we have Ghost and Jean Jacket and Lucky. And we're seeing that interspersed. And we're kind of getting the story of like why these animals are kind of going crazy. However, I agree with you. Are, are they insinuating that the time period of when the Gordy incident occurred is when this alien being came to Earth? And that's like when he entered the atmosphere? So at first I thought, at first I was convinced, yes. Okay. But then I realized all the lights were on. Yeah, that's true. There, So I was like, it cannot be. So what I think is at least the, th- the, the thing that really confused me is the shoe standing up in that scene. I was yeah. like, oh, it's like one of these electromagnetic weird things going on. But then I was just like, well, it doesn't make sense because like everything's on. There's not the... The things that we know that we have learned happens when the alien is is nearby are not happening. So I think what Gordy is about is it goes into the the theme of like taming animals Mm -hmm. and to tame an animal. And what happens to an animal when they are being tamed or to a predator when they're in a place. And I feel like what Gordy represents is Ricky dealing with the guilt of like wanting to tame an animal and then he carries that with him to when he opens this place the uh the was it jupe's landing jupiter's claim jupiter's claim Mm -hmm. and now he's like trying to to kind of tame this alien and it doesn't work because that's like not the point he almost he's taken the wrong lesson Mm. to a certain extent and he, he pays for it dearly i you know the 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 Gordy stuff, I I like in the movie, but it's definitely kind of like the the odd one out in the movie. You know, it's like it's like it's well, it's just kind of like it, I just don't know if it it's. I think it's a little weird the movie opens with it. You know, it's a little mystery um, at the beginning of the film for sure. Yeah, and it's and you're like, cool. I didn't know this was in this movie, but I do think it's like it's it's just a bit of like a loud subplot that. Um, I just think it takes a lot of bandwidth to kind of figure out. And even my pitch on like what I think is going on, I'm not quite sure if if uh, that's what it is. That's just kind of all I got. But I do I could see how maybe people could be find it maybe like distracting because it's in the overall plot of the movie. I don't know how important it is. You know what I mean? Got it. Yeah, I think it fits in more of with the themes of the film, because to me, the themes are the exploitation of people that aren't white in Sure. The movie industry and the television industry. So we have, you know, Kiki Palmer's character, Emerald, telling all of these, like, white people in the industry, like, did you know that the first, like, moving pictures were a black jockey on a horse? And that was my great, great, great grandfather. And uh, we've been in here. We've been in this industry since the beginning. And we've we've been forgot forgotten. So it's like yeah. exploitation of, like, black industry workers horses and then you have like Stephen Young who's like the only Asian actor in Gordy's home and I guess he's like an adopted kid but he was kind of exploited as a kid 
So was the yeah. chimp. All of the so chimps who played Gordy. At that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it seems like the themes of the movie are more in sync with the Gordy subplot than, like, the actual logistics of the Gordy subplot. Because, sure. yeah, it seems like it doesn't quite make sense so much with the alien stuff, and it is almost, like, a little puzzling, and I don't know if it's meant to be a red herring, if, like, you're meant to be I, a little I wish confused. It, I wish it was the aliens made him go crazy. Yeah. That would because that would make it all make a bit more sense, right? But yeah, you know? I'll say even though I do find that subplot um, a little bit confusing and I don't quite know exactly how it fits in, it's actually I think one of my favorite parts of the movie because in the scene mm-hmm. where the older Jupe is telling M and OJ about like the Gordy massacre and he starts saying like he he can't even begin to talk about it because it was so traumatizing and he hasn't dealt with that trauma so instead he tries to make light of it and say like well i think it was perfectly explained in that snl sketch in the snl sketch and he like starts going one, that's through like one of the it best scenes in the movie <laughs> and because i watched a lot of snl and I'm, I'm very familiar with mr peepers which is a skit where mm-hmm. chris Catan plays a monkey that's so funny (laughs) and so like building up to him saying like yeah and chris katan played gordy i was like this is a plus level world building because now i live in this world like you've merged it with my world i can totally understand this kind of thing happening you're able to kind of sub it in pretty easily now yes and that was when like the movie really hooked me and like the people in the theater Mm -hmm. who like got the reference points were really losing it and it was fun (laughs) That's very cool. Yeah. I I really like that scene specifically. The Gordy stuff, like, I I like it on its own, right? Yeah. As its, like, own movie, I'm like, this is really cool, you know? And I do think it's really good world building. Um, and I and I totally agree with, with what you said about how it, like, fits into the kind of the, um, the tokenism that the movie is dealing with, um, which a lot of, like, that stuff, I... I wasn't. I didn't immediately get from watching the movie. I read a Hollywood Reporter article that talks a lot about Nope and does a really good job talking about the film's uh, kind of tokenism subplots. They talk about how um, OJ's father is like killed by a literal token. You know, they like take take a coin out of his head. Mm-hmm. Um, which that? Uh oh. Time left. Yeah, we got ten minutes left. <gasps> huh. That's weird. I thought we had the unlimited one. I thought we did, too. Interesting. Someone didn't pay the bill. Uh, well, we're going to still talk about this for at least 10 more minutes. We're going to figure it out. This is the inside baseball. Everyone who's listening, our Zoom meeting told us we only have 10 minutes left. And that's bullshit. We're going to figure it out. It's going to be se- for you. It'll seamless. be seamless for us. We'll figure it out. I like it. We'll figure Adds it out. another element of suspense. Another layer. Just And, you know, this movie does tension so well. This is the subplot um, of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> will they come will they come back or is the podcast over who knows who knows um but yeah the gordy stuff i i really like and it's there and yeah the, i read the article about the kind of the tokenism and talking about like uh the race politics of the movie and yeah it was definitely i'm glad that i read it because maybe i'm dumb and i i i didn't like not think the movie was dealing with race but i just like didn't have quite the the vernacular to to fully understand it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because even... Pick it up and put it down. Yeah, yeah. Even later on in the film, uh, when they get the director to come in and, like, help them get the shot... Is um, that your is that your favorite character? Or your other character you really like? Oh, no. 
<laughs> oh, who was it? Because I was like, he's great, though. Yeah, yeah, he is great. Uh, the character that I was shocked to be in the movie was Keith David as Oda Sr. Because oh yeah, he's great. I recently watched They Live for the first time, and I know you mm-hmm. recently watched They Live like a year ago, a couple years ago. Yeah. Uh, I think. Yeah, it was. I don't know anymore. At this point, you're right. You're you're right. (laughs) But it's so funny because in that trailer, you see a scene where a woman has that pink hat with the pink veil, and you see it lift a little bit, and you see like the bottom of her face is disfigured. And I straight up thought that that was an alien. And I think you're kind of led to believe that maybe it's an alien uh, from watching Mm. the trailer. And so when I saw Keith David. Because I'm, like, really tuned in to They Live right now. I'm like, oh, what a cool tie-in for him to, for Jordan Peele to get Keith David in this movie playing this character Mm -hmm. who might, like, kind of know a little bit about aliens because he's been living on this ranch and maybe he has seen some stuff that he's not telling anyone about. And so that was cool. And then later on when they played I Wear My Sunglasses at Night... And I'm just thinking of the sunglasses from They Live. I was like, oh yeah, really wrapped in to this like world. And I'm like, <laughs> the sunglasses, like they're making a reference to that movie, but also just the idea of like the alien comes out at night, and I wear my sunglasses at night so they can yeah. like, see him at night. It was just like really cool, and I felt like I don't know if that was everyone's reference point to get like into the movie further but just like the fact that keith david was in it at all was just really cool i just really enjoyed it uh yeah no that's cool i like him because he is in uh mass effect he plays uh is it colonel anderson or general anderson i forget but he's in every mass effect game that's awesome i was just playing those recently and i was just like he's great he's great he's also in rick and morty he plays a very similar character in rick and morty too which is funny definitely Um, definitely yeah um yeah, did I, I interrupted you with uh, asking who your favorite director was, or did oh. you tie it back all in together? Oh yeah, so when they got that director, he's mm. he's white, right? That director who comes in to like, I don't know, I don't know. he's he's definitely white presenting. He's Caucasian, <laughs> yeah. And so like the fact too that the movie is like presenting you with like here's this man who like they choose to come in and like help save the day, help, you know, like, get the shot, help, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then he's, like, the one who fucks it all up for everyone. Yeah. And so I'm just like, yeah, this movie's definitely, like, saying, like, look at who are the smartest people in the room, and it's everyone that's not white. <laughs> I'm like, all well, right. Also, well, I think it's, I think it's that, which is fair. Mm-hmm. But I also think, you know, he's, uh, the villains of the movie are the exploiters and the voyeurs of of this world and he even though they are trying to get this like perfect shot of this alien so they can get some oprah money um he you know he's he's he goes from like i think a genuine place of trying to help them to an exploitive one towards the end where he's just like now i'm doing this for selfish reasons and then he gets his kind of his ultimate come up at he's he's no different than the tmz guy who shows up at the end of the movie you know it's it's the uh it's the exploitation of these things yeah yeah, that TMZ Which, uh, guy. The was TMZ weird. guy, he was weird. He showed up at a great time for them. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also really like his outfit. Very much. Like the so. Daft Punk helmet, almost. I was just like, I mean, this guy sucks, but he's kind of cool though. Yeah, super Daft Punk, like for sure. Yeah, that was funny. Um, I just kept waiting for that there to be like more there for that guy, but I'm like, yeah, I guess TMZ is just everywhere. 
just out there. Scouting. Yeah, I think I think that's kind of like it though. It's just like yeah, I mean like they're gonna show up and be like really in your face and annoying about it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I also I don't know if it was mentioned in the movie. I did not look this up. Agua Dolce. I don't know if that's a real place. And mm-hmm. also. It's outside of L.A., I'm assuming? It's in California? Or is it... Where is it? What, their house? Yeah. Where is that ranch? Uh, yeah, I think it's like... I, I imagine it's like Southern California. California? Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I guess teams. Maybe like near... There. like. Yeah, I mean, if I think they're going to go where the scoop is. You Gotta know? go. And I think at that point, they got the rumors of it all, like, within 24 hours. So if you're over there, you probably figure it out. That's true. That's true. He has that really fast bike. So, so speedy. So speedy. So speedy. Um, I was not expecting a Acura reference. The uh, motorcycle slide that Kiki does towards the yeah. end. I was just like, wow, you figured out how to even get that in there. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, he really did. Yeah, that was that was dope. Um, Claire and I watched... Uh, I, I watched... We watched War of the Worlds the next day. Because I was just like, everyone's saying like... Steven Spielberg influences, stuff like that. And, like, you know, I, we, everyone has seen a Steven Spielberg movie. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I haven't seen War of the Worlds since it came out. And I wonder if that's, like, a good analogous to watch after seeing Nope. And in, in, in many ways, it's very different. But in a lot of ways, like, in the ways I didn't expect, it was similar. Like, in more of, like, the, the craft and the tension building. Like, the scene where he's in the stable and you see the... You think it's three aliens, but it ends up being Ricky's kids. Yeah. Like, that is, like, such, like, a, like, Steven Spielberg, like, tension moment. But also, and the thing that I always forget about Steven Spielberg until I'm watching this movie is that he has so, you know, and it, it may sound dumb because, like, the dude made Jaws and shit, but, like, he <laughs> injects so much horror into his movies from, like, E.T. to, like, uh, and there's, like, a scene in War of the Worlds, which is, which is effectively, like, a sci-fi horror movie. Like, the things happening to these people, like, fucking suck. It has a bit more in common, I think, with, like, um... Um, like day after tomorrow or like Independence Day, like it's it's a lot more concerned with like the escape and trying to like, you know, the the aliens almost feel like a, a natural disaster. They're, this movie is very, you know, they're they're treating it as like an animal and a predator, you know. Mm-hmm. But like, there's like a scene in War of the Worlds where like, you know, Tom Cruise and his family they have they're like the only people who have a, like a working car right now, you know, and very kind of similar. Uh, thing where when the aliens arrive like the electronics like get all fucking knocked out so like that's pretty similar too and like these do like they they hit like a swarm of people who are at this checkpoint and they're all like fucking bashing the car there's one guy who's like there's like a hole in the windshield and this one guy is like so desperate to get in the car he's just ripping out the shards of glass in the windshield and cutting his hands and it's like that is horrendous shit but yeah i do think like a lot of the the craft and even like me, you know, like some of the elements of the score and stuff, like I feel like that is a lot of what uh, Jordan Peele was pulling from. Like if if Get Out was like him being very inspired by like horror directors and doing a horror movie, like this does feel kind of like pulled from a, a Spielberg handbook, at least from what I've seen recently. I was just like, yeah, I do get that. Yeah, I can definitely agree with you there. Yeah, I will say that alien scene in the barn is the scariest scene of the movie because you also don't yeah, really know you don't know what you're looking at yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i agree um but yeah i'm actually not as familiar with steven spielberg as i probably should be um, same 
Yeah. <laughs> it's just so many so, films. He made so many movies. He made a lot of he made a lot of damn movies. And even some of the ones that he hasn't directed, he's produced, but like those also feel very heavily Spielberg-esque. So yeah, he's just really like made his mark on filmmaking as a whole. Obviously, yeah, I feel like it's 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 hard to identify his style because like I think it inspires like so many filmmakers, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a bit like ubiquitous. It's kind of like well, yeah, if you've seen movies, you've seen that you know so it's it's almost hard uh, uh i mean like shout out to mike doing the movie daddy series where he talks all about spielberg and that you know if anyone was interested in answering this question for themselves that might be a really good place to start but i do think it's like you know th- he does have identifiable uh technical things that you could see but it's 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 almost hard to identify when it's like so ubiquitous in movies right 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 yeah yeah so one of my favorite elements of the film, for sure, is how the opening, not the Gordy opening, which is kind of like a cold open to the movie, but the opening gotcha. where we are kind of like zooming in on the framework of the moving horse, the first like moving images um, of the black jockey riding the horse, and how we're like zooming in through that like camera. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know the technical term for that. The camera tube, whatever. That is called. Oh well, you're like you're like in the alien though at that point. Yeah. Right? yeah. I, well, I assume it's like kind of like a match on shot because I yeah, don't know if true. you're seeing exactly maybe the alien at that point, but later the alien does also look like that, or maybe we were looking through the alien the whole time. Super cool. I guess I guess it's 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 open, right? I feel like maybe it's maybe it's a little bit of both. Maybe it is just kind of like. But yeah, I don't know. But I don't it looks know either. Cool. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of alien design that looks so, so foreign and so wild. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of sci-fi, and they can't help it, um, especially if it's like television series where characters have to be like running for a long time. They're they're mostly going to look humanoid. But I love it when aliens mm-hmm. do not look humanoid. And the alien design on this was very cool. Yeah, I mean, again, just watching War of the Worlds, I think they, I forgot that you actually do see the aliens in that movie, and I was kind of like, ah, it's kind of lame. Yeah. Because they're not as cool as what you made them up to be in your mind, and just when you see the, what they call the tripods, like the giant robots that, like, lay waste to all the humans, it's just like, well, that's cool, it's kind of cool to, like, not know what they look like. I almost feel the same way about Independence Day, it's like, you see them so little, why do I even see them at all? Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that is kind of counter to, like, a lot of people are just like, I hate these these movies where you don't get to see the monster. I'm like, I don't know. It's kind of it's cool. You get, the both of, you get the best of both worlds with this movie, though, where you see the alien, and it's like, what the fuck? What is <laughs> the that? What is this thing? And it's cool that it's like, it's a flying saucer, and then when it changes shape, did you think it... I thought it was because it eats the barbed wire off of Angel Torres's character, and it shredded him up, and that's why he, like, bloomed out. They then bloomed out. They, <laughs> they then they say yeah, I shouldn't say that. Yeah. Um, the, the 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 alien. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I'm also not sure. Or about just that. change shape. I don't know. Yeah, or it can just change shape. But if it can yeah. just change Loved shape, it. you would think maybe it would could have like evacuated that like little flag line from its system. You know, like sure. if it can open itself <clears throat> up like that, doesn't mean that like it's. You know, windpipe and digestive system is all contained. It can't change shape. 
just like its well, exterior. That, funny enough, though, I do think that that is the one thing that does not change shape. Got it. Because when it when it does change shape, it has the 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 square that remains, and I think that's kind of the same as we understood. Because the way that it eats these people, it's all, it all looks the same. So I feel like yeah, maybe if anything, it's just like maybe not this way. It's like it's not vertical; it's horizontal mm. when it changes shape. That's kind of like the major thing that it does. Got it. I don't I don't know. But uh, yeah, I loved how it goes from like flying saucer, something we're a bit more traditional, like something we're a bit more familiar with. Uh, but it's inside is almost like funhouse balloon. It's like it's yes. like this is really weird. But then when it changes shape, it's like balloon, but also like cosmic elder god. Yes, like, it like has like this like weird like maybe what real angels looks yes. like shape to it. It's very cool. That's exactly um, I love what I was going to say. Real angels, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's super cool. Um, but yeah, I, I I'm glad you kind of brought up the design of of the creature because I think it's like it's the perfect amount of like you see it a lot, right? Like you, you get to really see it, and but it's still like very mysterious. Um, and I just love that the creature they really hammer home. It's like it's like it's like an animal, so you can tame it, you can kind of train it to do what you want, and it also it's infallible. So like it it fucks up. Yeah. You know, it gets something stuck in its windpipe. Like I, that's really, that's really cool. And you, know, I think you do see that with a lot of like, again, like something like War of the Worlds, a movie I bring up only because I watched it yesterday. <laughs> um, the aliens, like it's 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 like they're so like all powerful until they fuck up, and you're like, oh wait, yeah, wait 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 wait, you can fuck them up. Now I don't know if you were meant if you if you felt this way, or if mm-hmm. you as the general audience was meant to feel this way, but. I teared up a little bit when they shot Gordy, when you're finally seeing, like, the final end scene. Yeah, I think you're supposed to be I, upset. I definitely I, you know. teared up. So, when they decide, like, that they're gonna, like, get this alien on camera, I didn't quite fully understand if the goal was to fully tame it, teach it a lesson, or actually kill it. But... The- yeah, I... It seemed a little, like, Sorry. confusing, like, what their actual end goal was. Like, I know M, Emerald, really just wanted to get, like, the shot. Like, she was yeah. interested in getting it on camera in some degree. That was, like, her main goal. But it had caused a lot of destruction and killed a lot of people. And so they were obviously mm-hmm. fighting for their lives. So when they ended up, ultimately, because I, th- I think they killed it, although that was also kind of ambiguous. Yeah. Yeah, I think they kill it because it I like think so too. Pops, right? Yeah, it kind of like yeah. explodes. It made me kind of sad because they were like saying this is an animal, we can try to like mm-hmm. tame it or wrangle it. I'm like, did this little guy just get lost on Earth? Like, I don't know. Maybe I put yeah. too much on it. Maybe I was like, is this a baby that got separated from like its pack or its mother? <laughs> maybe maybe that's a lot. I don't know, but that's it's interesting. You know, yeah, I don't know. It, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that you're that you're wrong because because like yeah, the fact that they made it. So, like, this is an animal, and they were trying to, like, really send that message home. I'm like, yeah, maybe it's just lost. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I think I think it's hard because I do think in the course of the movie, their objective, like, changes. Like, right. it, it's not like it doesn't betray itself. It just literally changes. Like, at first, they're like, we want to know what it is. And then Angel's just like, I know a lot about aliens. I want to help you guys just see what it is. Then they kind of identify what it is. And they're like, okay, this thing's, like, fucked up. Um, but still by the end of the movie, I feel like 
Emerald, Angel, and Antlers, they all want the shot. They're all concerned with just, like, catching this thing on camera. But OJ wants to tame it. Or whatever that version is. So they, they developed this racetrack to not... Because the whole... They didn't develop that to kill it. They only I think what happens is it fucks with them so hard in that final act that they're like, all right, well, it's not going to... Like, Emerald kills it only because it's it's not going to stop chasing right so it's kind of like a an active defense yeah that makes sense yeah i think that's i just think that like it does change but it is you know it's juggling a lot at that point because even when they're developing the track it's just like so you guys really just want to take because once you take a picture of it it's not going to stop being there (laughs) it's going to keep fucking with you (laughs) right I don't and it know. has to eat at some um, point, so yeah, that's that. That's what they've they've identified is that the thing eats and it must do that. So yeah, and it's got it. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I love that whole sequence at the end, though. It's very cool. Um, my favorite shot of the movie. I wanted to shout out because I kind of passed over it as I was talking about like that chunk, but um, it is when it is after it eats the uh, the Ricky sideshow thing eats all those people and it's hovering above the house and the rain is slipping off of it and it's just shitting blood and stuff and I was just like that's like the cool and it's like the wide shot of like the house and the and the alien above it. and I was like this is so cool that's like the coolest thing I've ever seen it's so cool oh yeah and when like he takes a chunk of out of the house later on the alien like yeah eviscerates the house it made me so sad cuz the house itself was kind of like a character Mm-hmm. Especially just knowing how like historical the house is in this world, yeah. I was just like, oh man, how much it means to them, yeah. and this like you know thing they've inherited. Much like everything that they do is something that they've kind of like inherited a bit too soon. It seems like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The scene you're talking about, yeah, quickly follows after the whole Jupiter's Claim massacre scene with yes. the alien, and I gotta say. You're still trying to figure out exactly what this thing looks like at this point mm-hmm. when it comes down and attacks. Yeah. And for a second, I'm like, does this fucking thing look like a cowboy hat? Because I was, <laughs> it, I think it does kind of, right? And I was like, like, that's not cool, Jordan Peele. <laughs> I don't know. I watch silly. it. If they kill it with a big Stephen Young balloon, it's like, I don't know. <laughs> they can make it look like whatever one. I feel like it, do, it does. I mean, it's ambiguous. I think it's yeah. ambiguous until it's not, ultimately. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah, that is what I did think about that. I was even thinking about it just now. I was like, you know, it does kind of look like a cowboy hat, though. Yeah. Yeah, it, that is funny. It was as if, like, the alien was mocking Jupe. Like, oh, you think you're a cowboy? Let me put this hat on you. Watch watch this. <laughs> yeah, they really do kill that thing dead, too. Mm-hmm. Um... But yeah, it was so sweet. It just seemed so, like, sad. The whole Jupe story seemed sad because, you know, he invited his old co-star, Mary Jo. And, like, even as he's talking about her, you can tell, like, he's holding back from something else. And it's just weird to know that they keep in close contact, or they must, unless she's also just a publicity stunt for him to just exploit. His character is very interesting to me. I think Scar is very interesting. I think the most interesting thing about him is that he, you know, he ends up being kind of a fucked up guy because he turns the alien into the Gordy. Yes. You know? So it's kind of just like, oh, like you didn't like learn. I don't know. Like it, it's I think it's like it's like tragic where it's just like 
you see him like a nice guy, something traumatic happened to you, but he's trying to control his trauma by making the same mistake. Yeah. You know, and I think that's what's really interesting. And it's it's why it's also shocking that, you know, he gets, you know, blinked out of the movie and that whole kind of subplot ends. Um, I think one of the things I want movies to stop doing <laughs> that this <laughs> Do movie does. I don't want the chapter breaks anymore. Yeah. What do they do for them? What do they do for this movie? I'm not certain for this one. Yeah. I get I, I don't want to say get rid of them. I just think we need to use them more sparingly. Like if they're I feel like it's good for and it's effective at moments in this movie. It's not ineffective the entire time. Sure. But it's most effective when it's like time jumps are happening. Mm-hmm. But I think chapters in films, it's different than books where chapters can happen when it's like we need a break from this action and we move on to the next thing. Yeah. I think in movies, they're meant to break up thematic points. Mm-hmm. So like everything happening between the chapters should really kind of like be thematically entwined. And I feel like in this movie, they're just kind of thrown in there. Breaks. They're just kind of in there willy nilly. I don't really, I don't really get it. I understand the animal angle of it, but I, it doesn't, I just, I found it distracting. It's kind of like my only like actual gripe with the movie. It's just like, I don't really like the chapter breaks. So it's a pretty minor one at that. They're, I, I, I almost forgot they're in there, but I don't like it. I don't know if movies need it. Yeah, because we only get four, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, I think you're right. And yeah, the first one is Ghost, and we don't really spend a lot of time with Ghost, the horse. No. So that's not a horse that we know very well. I'm assuming... We know it's like his dad's horse, yes. right? Or that's the horse that he dies on. Yes. Kind of. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and then... So obviously we see Ghost pretty early on in the film. But then we don't right. get the, the title card that says Ghost until later on when Ghost runs off. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, we get, like, a little explanation of Jean Jacket, and then they decide to name the alien Jean Jacket. Uh, and that I like. Which is interesting. And that one I thought was effective, because Jean Jacket's, like, the last chapter, right? Yes. Because, yeah, they yeah. mentioned Jean Jacket, I think that was cool. do it until yeah. later. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think, you know, again, like, I... It's not ineffective the whole time. Right. But it doesn't... They don't all hit the way that Jean Jacket does. Yeah, because they say that you that know? was supposed to be Emerald Taurus... And I do think yeah. that's really funny that it's like the, the Scorpion King and then they didn't end up even that's using the horses. so good. <laughs> so yeah. funny. <laughs> the movie's very, the movie could have gone so ham on other movie pop culture yes. references. And it, it's very restrained and very like pointed at the ones that it uses where it's like SNL, Mad TV. I love the Mad, or it's not Mad TV, but the Mad Magazine yes. one where it's like, you know, that's where Key and Peele really got their start is there. I thought that was really cool. Super cool. And like Scorpion Peen, like really pulling from like, you know, just not where you would expect for those like pop culture touchstones, you know? Yeah, not at all. Yeah. And then you get the Gordy chapter, which I really liked because you were finally seeing like the culmination of those events. Yeah. And that's another one where like makes sense. Makes sense because that's like the yeah. opening scene. Checks out. That checks out. Yes. And then right. Lucky's kind of just there the whole time. So I get it. I wonder if yeah. it's more of like, more of like the Western references, and maybe okay. I'm not as familiar with westerns, so maybe either, it's something so. that kind of washed over us and didn't really have a lot of effect. Mm-hmm. Because I do like that OJ is a man of few words. He is very much like the Lone Ranger. Um, yeah. He's very much like an old cowboy. 
in the st- sense of like you know doesn't talk a lot very stoic mm-hmm. quite don't know how do he's you, feeling most of the time do do you think that he's alive at the end of the movie oh i i i did until you asked that i did too okay so okay so me too I'm talking to Claire. She's just like, yeah. And like, you know, is he alive at the end? I'm like, yeah. She's like, I don't, Interesting. I don't know. I'm like, it, I mean, he is very like in the shadow. When she said that I did, I was like, oh, well, maybe he's not. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Because you don't have a moment of him like reacting, coming through the fog and, and being like, I'm all good. I'm you here. Know? I'm good. But I interpreted like the kind of finale, the, the finale showdown is that like, you know, he emerald took the alien away from him right pretty much you know like she kind of did that but he like i don't know they almost like i think if i remember correctly he kind of like started and then the alien kind of changed course and started going after her yeah yeah that's what i thought was happening as well okay so we're on we're on the same page yeah and i think too but i do think it's it's i think it's a bit ambiguous the more i thought about it i was like okay he could not have made it i don't know for sure it also didn't seem like he passed on the information to everyone else. Like, hey, don't look at it. It seemed like he was the only one really not looking at well, it. Maybe because he was so burned the last time he tried to tell everyone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's like, I don't like, fucking listen to me anyway. <laughs> I think he, I feel like there was a moment where he said it, but I, I don't remember enough to, to confidently be like, I think he said it. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't really look at it, right? I mean, she like maybe, like, I think she tries not to look at it. Yeah, I th- but she's also just straight up going on that motorcycle the whole time. The whole so time. I know. I know she has a lot yeah. of like looks over her shoulder to like right. kind of see what was going on, but probably not straight up looking at it. Maybe just trying to assess yeah. the situation, you know? Yeah, just be like it's still there. Yeah. Yes. Do, do I still yes. have it? Yes. <laughs> do I still have it? Um, another thing I like, another just kind of like side technical note is we talked about how. Jordan Peele does uh, needle drops so effectively in his movie, but the use of diegetic sound in this movie is really good too, where it's like you get a really banger song and then like, you know, the aliens coming when it like drones in and out and it's not just like a cut. It's like the music kind of fades and then comes back in. And there's that really amazing scene where uh, OJ is trying to get out of the van and back into the house and the song is slowed down. So, you know that the aliens like close, Mm -hmm. but it's not, there and i think that is probably another like one of the best like tension building scenes in that movie is that point and then like you know the when the song starts becoming normal speed you almost forget that that's not what the song sounds like is at that slower pace oh yeah it's so cool yeah i love uh the fact that at that moment he's like looking down because he doesn't want to look up and he's just like smacking Mm -hmm. his leg which is yeah just trying to yeah he's mm -hmm. like come on guys come on and i think that's great because it's like when you train animals like he just has more like succinct knowledge of language when it comes to animals because he's spent his entire life around animals yeah and training. with people he's a bit more yeah recluse and quiet yeah. yeah so it's like this experience really allows him to shine in his communication yeah. with like people which is very funny and it's like you know it's like uh it's his great white in a way where it's like if i can tame this you know yeah it's cool. Yeah. Uh, some of the things I've seen people not like about this movie, not to spend too much time on people who don't like I'd things. I'd be happy to hear it. I think, people, I think people think that, like, the movie has a lot of ideas, but they don't all quite, like, coalesce. And I think that it does. You just have to kind of sit on it. Yeah. You know? And I think, I, but I also, like, are the ideas, like, 
Gordy and then the rest of the movie because it's like I think that's like the hardest one to put together understandably but I think once you talk it out like it's not like it's like totally out of left it's not like it's a different fucking movie happening you know Mm-mm. not at all thematically it's all it's all there I do think it takes a bit of like I think that stuff is just like you know it's a bit looser thematically but you know again like it's just a movie that's not spoon fit to you mm-hmm. it's very thematically rich and interesting and has a very interesting world and it's not telling you exactly what its themes are you know for sure yeah i honestly if you were to take the gordy subplot completely out of it but still have jupiter's claim there in Mm. a way because jupiter's claim kind of has to be there because that's where the massacre takes place close to their house which kind of like gets this whole plan rolling that's how Mm -hmm. they figure out what the, the alien's weakness is you know, it, it was necessary to have some kind of Jupiter's claim-esque thing. So, yeah. if the Gordy subplot wasn't there, would it have just been, like, some random person who's running this ranch? Like, you kind of need the Gordy stuff to better understand yeah. Jupe. And you need some kind of character like Jupe to be nearby who's threatening to buy the ranch. And, you know, it, it's all necessary. But I can understand how it's, like, a little yeah. bit stringy, the threads. I, I get it. It's a little bit, yeah, it's a little bit confusing, but I do think it's all there. Yeah. Like, you know, again, like, I, I don't think that there's, I think everything that you need to understand about the movie is in the movie. Mm-hmm. It just may take a little bit of time. Whereas, like, something like Us, I feel like you get to the end of the roller coaster and you're like, How did this work? <laughs> yeah, how did it, wait. Yeah, wait, how did I do that part where I, like, didn't feel, I felt like I was, I was falling? I don't remember. How did, wait. <laughs> like, it just doesn't all quite, like, Makes sense, but you remember, like, the ride was fun, you know? Like, that's my main takeaway from us. It's just, like, it was a really good time, though. For sure. This movie, like, I, I think it's all, I think it's all there. I think it's, a, it's I think it's, in many ways, it's, like, you know, it's thematically, like, more rich, but it's a bit more straightforward than uh, us, you know? Yeah. It's, it's honestly, in some ways, I think it's, just, like, his most, well, I, Get Out is pretty straightforward. Yeah. But I think that's just. I think this movie's pretty. Yeah, that's where Get Out soars, is that there's, it makes sense, it makes the, sense whole time. Yeah. the entire time. Right. You're like, of course, yeah. all of this tracks. And then there's like more things to be like, oh, that imagery is interesting. Oh, that means this. And I think there's plenty of that in this movie. I think this movie, you know, I think that any of the people who maybe didn't totally get what it was going for in a first watch, I'm like, well, I, you know, I really want to see it again. You know, I almost entertained seeing it a second time before doing this, because I was just like, I feel like there's a lot there that I, that... Yeah, now that I know how it all wraps up, it could be really cool. Definitely. Yeah, as I said before, all of this movie checked out for me, even the Gordy stuff, until like the height of the third act where the motivations were changing on like what they were doing with Jean Jacket. Right. That's where I mm-hmm. was a little bit more like, hmm, interesting. I don't know if they're sticking this landing, even though it still looks great. And I un- like I can understand to still a entertaining, yeah, certain but, effect of what they're yeah. kind of doing. Um, but yeah, even just talking to you about it now, like and hashing out why their motivations changed or maybe mm-hmm. why or if, or if it's even important why their motivations changed, sure. you know, they were in a battle scene. I mean, you don't really question an action scene as you're watching it. If it's like cars and trains, you're just like, yeah, cars are there, trains are there, you know, whatever. It's an action scene. Yeah. So to treat that battle as an action scene, yeah, you don't really question 
the motivations. Like, you don't know what you're going to yeah. do when an alien's chasing you. <laughs> like, no, and even, and even to like you know your credit, like I do think it can, it can be confusing, yeah. and I think that you have to just kind of like, you know, it. it, it I think it's it's confusing because like you know it does like change. It's not the same throughout. You know, like their their motivations do just change, and that's you know human, and it's not immediately apparent because they're not saying like we need to do this. <laughs> it's just kind of like oh now they're running away. Yeah. So yeah, it make it makes sense. Exactly. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with having to see a movie twice, and there's nothing wrong with also having to think about a movie to see if you get it or not. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So I encourage more people to to do that. There's a lot of movies that we've even done on hot takes where I was not as hot on them, and then in time I was like uh, like Upgrade. That movie I saw Upgrade, I was like, it was all right. And the more I thought about Upgrade, I was like, that movie actually slaps. It was really cool. Fair. Yeah. Go see Upgrade. <laughs> I haven't seen Upgrade. Go see Upgrade. Upgrade's cool. Some movies I liked more, and then I liked them less. Uh, like Us. <laughs> like Us. But, <laughs> but Us is so cool. I would watch Us again, because it's fun. And maybe I would understand it more. Yeah, and Us is, um, I think, the scariest out of all of his movies. That's, like, pretty horrific. Yeah. Cause it's like, get Out doesn't really get, like, scary yeah. until... the uh, There's, like, there's like little... like You're like, this is a weird situation. I feel scared for Daniel Kaluuya, you know? Right. But... Then it gets really scary later. But yeah, Us is kind of like pretty freaky. The tension is just like, the whole time. oh, we're only Fuck. 20 minutes into this movie and there's a family in the driveway. <laughs> like, good luck, guys. Yeah. What's going on? They're like, no, this is too soon. I wasn't ready for it to be scary yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what genre would you like to see Jordan Peele tackle next? Ooh. That's... Now that we've seen him, like, you know, he didn't veer too far away from what he's been doing lately but like you know i do think this movie has almost more in line with like um you know he's like a producer and and does a lot with twilight zone like the new twilight zone show Mm -hmm. and i feel like this is almost like a twilight zone definitely adjacent thing you know has more kind of energy in line with that uh what, what would you like to see him do more of next i mean i think the genre that doesn't usually get a lot of original content. I feel like a lot of fantasy is derived from novels and are adaptations Mm -hmm. rather than original fantasy works. So that you asked me this question, I think it'd be really cool to see Jordan Peele's take on like some kind of fantasy or maybe fantasy merging with like our world. I don't almost like a green Knight, maybe something like that. Yeah. I don't know how he would approach that if he would approach it from like the historical aspect like green knight or if you make it a little bit more modern like like labyrinth i don't really know but like that could be fun yeah i like i like that kind of kind of fork in the road of him doing something kind of like really absurd like labyrinth or doing something a bit more like twist on fairy tale or on, on folklore yeah i think seeing him doing something that's like historical fiction like Northman like Green Knight I think would be really cool and I think like you know he is uh you know he's he's uh an artist who is who likes to write about race and I think that he uses that theme in in really rich and interesting ways that you really don't see other people do um so I think him doing something that's like actually historically based would be really fun uh but also I had the idea I was like I'd like to see him just do kind of like a like a revenge movie. Ooh. Like just something that's like real dark and just like kind of like it's about a character who will just beeline it to something and all the interesting things that happen in between and like where it came from. I don't know. I think that'd be fun. I don't know why that came into my head, but I feel like that'd be an interesting thing to see him do. That would be cool. Yeah, I mean, 
Yeah. Jordan Peele, he puts out a movie. I'm there. So I guess it doesn't really matter yeah. what it is, That's it. but I'm there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I agree. But I do think that Nope fits in an interesting place among his films so far where it is, you know, it's familiar. Like he has a style, but um, the man is not stale. Like I feel like he keeps like it's still it's still interesting. It's still fresh. I still want to see what else he has up his sleeve. I, I he I'm oh, I'm very excited to see what he does. Where you know, I think uh, I, you and I I think I actually differ on this, but I feel like with the the Guillermo del Toro's or the Wes Andersons, like it's get, for me it's getting a little too much. Like you go there and you're getting exactly what you signed up for. And I'm like I just wish I was getting a little bit like surpri- more surprised out of it. You know. Yeah. Like, I like eating Cheerios, but for some reason, I want this box to taste different. <laughs> Maybe that's my fault. I don't know. <laughs> I also like Cheerios. <laughs> it's my fave. And, I do, and you want it to be... I want Cheerios every time I buy Cheerios, because that's what I'm paying for. I, I, I think both... Yeah. Both <laughs> <laughs> I, I will agree with you. I was surprised seeing The French Dispatch, that most recent Wes Anderson movie, because that made yeah. me feel... Like, I didn't feel like I had been, like emotionally affected by a Wes Anderson movie, except, I mean, I like them all. I love them. He's one of my favorites. But yeah, again, like, French Dispatch, I was like, oh yeah, this is how I used to feel when I would watch a Wes Anderson movie, because it had been a while since I had felt that way. Yeah, that was more like a return to form. Yeah, so I I Mm -hmm. understand what you mean. Like, Keith calls it flavor fatigue. If you're, like, eating too much of one thing, you kind of, like, forget kind of what it tastes like. And I think that's a good... Flavor fatigue. I like that a lot. Yeah. yeah, I think uh, I think the the story screen lexicon must adopt that, and I think that is good. Yeah. Flavor fatigue. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like even like, you know, Game of Toro, Maybe that's like not a great example because he did um, Nightmare Alley, and like, I wouldn't say that's like actually really like too many of his other movies. Like it is and it isn't. You know, right. like it does actually feel pretty different. It just didn't jive with me. But the Wes Anderson one, I do think, and I think we just have seen, for lack of examples, unfortunately for me. Um, but just like some directors kind of like, you know, doing what they do best and it not hitting with audiences kind of the same way. Yeah. You know, people kind of being like, oh, well, yeah, I mean. It was good. Great. Great. <laughs> <laughs> you did it again. You did it again. But, you know, you can't always, you can't always expect when things cost a lot of money, people want to make the money back. So yes, they do. They're not always going to come out and do it. The next big thing. But I do think it's very exciting, this movie, because it is like, you know, it's it's not so obvious in its homages and its inspirations. And it uses a uh, groundwork that we've seen Jordan Peele develop that's really interesting and kind of just build upon it. And um, and I love that, like, I think the biggest twist of this movie from its trailer is that, like, it's not really a horror movie. No. And I think that's really cool. I think that's really cool. So, yeah, hopefully we get more from Jordan Peele. Bernadette, is there any other things you want to talk about with Nope? Just glad that Emerald finally got her horse. Really proud of her. I liked the passing of the baton. I liked the sibling bonding. Great movie. That was fun. Yeah. I did like that, too. Great movie. Great characters. Great story. I think it is a uh, delightfully challenging movie i think that there's a lot to talk about so you know if you didn't get it but you saw it find someone else who maybe also didn't get it and saw it and talk about them with it because i think you'll have a good time figuring out what this movie is about agreed um but if you just listen to us try and figure it out 
Thank you so much for listening. This isn't the only podcast we do on the Story Screen. StoryScreenBeacon.com is a host of many podcasts, articles, and reviews. So head on over to our website to check out all that stuff. We also have a members-only page that has exclusive niche experimental content where we do uh, podcasts and shows that are really dialed in and focus on really like niche stuff like the filmography of Robert Pattinson that Bernadette and Mike Burge is doing. Uh, Mike Burge and I just wrapped up a sweet, sweet Denis cast where we talk about the filmography of Denis Villeneuve. Uh, The man has not made a bad movie. Shocker. (laughs) And that was cool. Uh, But we actually have about almost two years of legacy content on there from other shows that we've done from John Carpenter to Tony Collette. Uh, Just a lot of repertory stuff uh, that we've been doing for a while. We are working on changing our subscription platform from uh, where it is now to Patreon. That is still happening. But uh, anyone who's already subscribed, don't worry. We're going to take care of you. And uh, anyone who's waiting to subscribe, we hope we see you there. We'll talk more about that when it's go time. Uh, Bernadette, do you have anything you'd like to plug before we finish? I think you plugged all the great stuff. I think all the great stuff. It sounded great. I love it. I endorse it. (laughs) (laughs) Years of practice. Uh, We'll be back with more hot takes and other takes and other things that we say very soon. Not as good as the other stuff I said, but you know, what are you going to do? They can't all be winners. I can't be on all the time. (laughs) I'm a piece of shit. (laughs) Didn't you read the business card? Didn't you read my business card? I'm a piece of shit. (laughs) Well, until next time. Peace. Bye.